Hello, this is Sasha. And this is Steven. And this is Shut Up, I Love It. A podcast where we invite our guests to come on to champion an aspect of the culture that they think is underrated or underappreciated. Joining us today, she is a Southern comedy writer living in Los Angeles who's worked on HBO's A Black Lady Sketch Show, Hulu's Four Weddings and a Funeral, American Soul, and had a brief stint at Shondaland. She often workshops material at her home with her cat, Pepper. Welcome, Sean Tina Willis. Hi, guys. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to be in the Shut Up, I Love It studio uh, oh yeah you're in the cave yeah it's it's cozy it's real nice Isn't down it here nice? yeah there's uh, pot weed plants hanging around oh i yeah. wasn't i didn't know if that was public knowledge i didn't know if we were we were growing our own strain yeah we're gonna gotta have your it. own supply uh as an avid <laughs> listener of the podcast i always wondered what this brain trust and center looked like so <laughs> i'm really excited to be in, in the command center yeah this is like my home away from home you guys are always welcome here. You can stay the night if you want. I might Sleep do that. on that drum set stool. Great. Uh, Sean, why are you here today besides the fact that it's just nice to have you around? Yeah, it's a really great Sunday. Um, on most Sundays, I watch a movie called Because I Said So. This is the 2007 era classic starring the one, the only, Diane Keaton and Amanda Moore, a.k.a. Mandy Moore. Uh, wow. So I'm here to let everyone know what's up with Because I Said So. I'm already learning that her full name is Amanda. Yes. I didn't, are, are all Mandy's Amandas? Most Mandy's are Amanda's. I guess it makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Many people know Mandy Moore as a pop star, as an actress, not sure. an entrepreneur yet. Uh, and in our Lord's Year 2019, she's the star of a show called This Is Us. That's right. But, Her in that old age makeup. Yes. And she looks curiously like Diane Keaton. Am I right? Is she the mom of the kids? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. I just saw the pilot. Hey. 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 I know. It's a, it's a, it's a big show. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. It's going to be on forever. <laughs> so you have plenty of time. That's true. Uh, I do like the doctor from the pilot. He's my favorite character on that show. He might have the doctor, Doctor K, right? He's the guy oh, that Doctor K. He facilitates yeah. the whole thing. He, he truly does. He truly does. He's like the angel that sets the show in motion, mm -hmm. and yeah. then probably never appears again. No, he never. He's like the touched by an angel, <laughs> angel. Like he's there, and then he disappears, and exactly that. Uh, I had to go back into the archives of like oh yeah that that creepy he couldn't he oh, may, maybe creepy. wasn't even a doctor who knows <laughs> what i don't know <laughs> who knows who knows what they did what happened between the script and uh the shooting and then the airing i don't know well, i don't know who, where he i don't want to know i want to keep that magic alive just like the magic of because i said so uh, by the way i couldn't remember the title like i kept messing it up as i would like go back to do research i was like just because i said so and mom then be said like, something to me yeah like, it's I her catchphrase it's how oh. lauren graham realizes that her mother is meddling in her sister's life that is a key moment <laughs> no one else says the phrase because i said so and by the way lauren graham at this point is so like like hot in the zeitgeist, right? Because like totally, Dar's Hollow has happened. Is it? It's been is a, Gilmore a Girls phenom. over? I, I imagine yeah. the girls are over, but it's mm -hmm. on ABC Family five to seven nights yeah. a week. And exactly, she's they're never everywhere. over. Okay, they're yeah, mm -hmm. they're never over. There's Gilmore Boys, where a podcast isn't there? I don't know. There's That's a podcast. A Gilmore Guys, I think. Okay, Gilmore Guys with Jason Manzukas. So. Hey, well, as a guest, at least, okay. because he's always been obsessed with this. And at the time when I was obsessed with Jason because I knew that he was obsessed with Gilmore Girls. And I was like, it was one of the reasons why I stopped being obsessed with Jason Mazzucas. Wow. Because I always thought they were overrated. But hey, Lauren Have you Graham, watched the show? Yes. Okay. Just like a couple of episodes. The one More with the doctor. <laughs> uh. More than This Is Us. Okay, fair enough. So hearing that you are maybe not into this Gilmore Girls cadence. What was the experience like for you to be in a movie where it's a lot of uh, fast-talking white women? 
Oh boy, I felt it was a whirlwind of fast talking white women. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I'm familiar with Woody Allen films, yes. you know, so like there's definitely a lot of cadence that was probably, well, there's actually a direct quote, guys, from Annie Hall in this film. Oh, I don't my have gosh. to. Oh Yeah. I don't know if I picked up on it. Yeah, yeah, there's a direct quote. Um, oh, when Diane Keaton's character says, My name is Annie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that would be an amazing uh, quote for you to miss. Uh, no, when well, I feel like we should save it for the discussion yeah, about the plot, and then I'll insert sure. it because it would okay. fit. It would fit just right in. Yeah, I love Sasha's research skills, and anything you can bring to illuminate my love of the movie and, and deepen it. So, I'm, Sean, I'm here for Sean to hear you talk about it. it sounds yeah. like this is a great movie. Why? Do you think Because I Said So is a good fit for Shut Up, I Love It? Okay, well, a few things that ruffle my feathers <laughs> when you dig around on the internet. Uh, first thing that surprised me was finding out that Because I Said So has exactly 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. That can't, four? four? It's not 40? Not 40. Four. four. Oh. 14? No. Oh, Steven, no. It is exactly 4%. One okay. number. Well, yeah. a single digit. A situation like that, it's probably out of like 10 reviews, right? Oh, it's oh, probably no. like 4% there of There are so many people writing about the internet, <laughs> uh, on the internet, writing about how much they despise this movie. Oh, boy. Now, I have a lot of theories as to why. Um, partially, it's comparing everything Diane Keaton has done since the 70s. Mm. Okay, yeah. She was Annie Hall. She was Woody's gal. But careers evolve. They adapt. What's also unfair, uh, Diane was nominated for a 2008 Razzie Hmm. for her role in in this movie. That is correct. Yeah. So I watched this movie on the regular. It came at a pretty pivotal point in in my life as a youth, as an adolescent, uh, high school era, being able to watch this movie and Seeing, you know, a quirky caterer who has her own business. A, a, a series of girls, not unlike the March women of the Little Women. Mm. A, a pack of ladies doing it for themselves. Together, the bond of sisterhood, motherhood, uh, dating while in this wild L.A. city. Uh, that's something I still struggle with. So the movie resonates at, at all phases of my life, from high school era Shantina to uh, Sean of this era in 2019. I will say, watching this movie in 2019, the idea that a 20-something in L.A. owns a catering business is insane. Sure, sure, It was sure, such sure. a different time. This was, like, right before everything went down the drain. Yeah, and... you could see it. Like, <laughs> Venice was just about to become completely unaffordable but millie (laughs) our titular character she got in she started something good and uh maybe we can workshop where we think millie is now but Mm. yeah that's a a partially maybe i could see how you it's a little unbelievable (laughs) that a 20 something could own a catering business sure but that's you know that's not the that's the changing times is certainly not the movie's fault unless it is maybe now i didn't think about this before right now maybe this movie is to blame for all of America's problems. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I, I feel hot. I feel rashy. That's quite the accusation, Steven. Look, I mean, I'm just, you know, yeah. it's just came to me right sure. now. And I'll, I'll work through it. While, while I'm thinking about that, Sean, can you tell us a little bit about the plot of Sh- Because I Said So? Happily. So, all right. I guess a way uh, one could describe the movie if you were looking for holes in it is uh, a mother gaslights her daughter, <laughs> which could just be called parenting, right? Like there is that element of it. But uh, diving deeper into the movie I know and love, uh, Daphne Wilder, a mother whose love knows no bounds or boundaries. That's just being a mom, right? Uh, she's the proud mom of three daughters, stable psychologist Maggie, sexy and irreverent May, insecure so Millie. Uh, and Millie, when it comes to men, is an insecure psycho. In order to prevent her youngest daughter from making the same mistake she did, 
Daphne decides to set Millie up with the perfect man. All right, so we are entering into a meddlesome mom. Absolutely. Not, not just a mom who doesn't have boundaries, but a mom who sets up an online dating profile, baits men in under false pretenses, looks like a snack while doing it, frankly. <laughs> so much so where you just think uh, Daphne is out to town and out to feast with some uh, savory and unsavory man options. I was expecting a bunch of hookups for her in this film, but I, I there, was, only, there was only one. Yeah. I was honestly surprised until, you know, she starts hooking up with an older male character, I was kind of assuming that the Tom Everett Scott character was going to end up with her. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, Tom, a.k.a. Jason, who is, of course, the white knight who sails in and his 2000 era charcoal suit and uh, floppy hair, blue-eyed hound dog, you know, uh, coming in at at the very end. This is the white knight Daphne has been looking for yes for herself but mainly for her daughter mm-hmm. so uh, he they wine they dine he orders for her which is a gross move and we'll <laughs> talk about Jason later um, but you know who's watching this whole thing go down a hunk named Johnny Johnny the musician also, Johnny in the hat Johnny and the brown I, fedora I thought he was a magician for most of the movie just because because you don't really see people in 2019 wearing a fedora unless they're coded as like a magician or Or unless they're a douchebag yeah well well, actually i did know one musician in new york um who was wearing a fedora and he Hmm. looked a lot like this guy oh yeah uh but then like i found out like he had like hair that he wasn't proud of and Mm. so he was covering it so i kept like waiting for like maybe this guy to bust off like this hat and then like (laughs) big bald spot yeah and then like she still falls in love with him despite all that wow that'd be beautiful that'd be a beautiful move but uh hey that's the writer in me always making up always workshopping it yeah the (laughs) clothes in this movie except for diane keaton of course because she's flawless in every movie do not age well because the (laughs) they put johnny in a series of waistcoats a vest a wide leg men's dress pants and square toed shoes it's johnny's a mess but he's also a hunk because he's gabriel mock from suits Mm. and everyone wants to swim in his pool of brown eyes so uh yeah daphne sees he's trouble she calls him from the jump he is irresistible he's a tasty morsel he's wrong for her daughter so obviously johnny who looks like a magician sneakily takes the card for millie's catering business because just hearing about this this uh, this ingenue this the sensitive soul this this millie girl he uh can't get enough so he is obviously we know going to investigate and um, i see i yeah couldn't tell if his meeting her when he does meet the Mandy Moore character, if that was by chance, I forgot that he picks up that business card. Yes, because of that, the sleight of hand and right. fedora. It was a pickup later. He's a magician. Yes. It was a pickup shot like they shot later, and it was not a great pickup because you, yeah. you have to like really pay attention. I thought that was like his card that he was like showing to Diane Keaton, like, hey, if you reconsider. But no, now I realize, yeah. well, that's a. That's a little creepier then, for sure. This is all happening while Diane Keaton's character is interviewing in a very fast pace, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, suitors for her daughter. Yeah. And none yeah. of these people, many men, and many none of men. them is surprised or put off by the fact that this, like, they're all into that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, if the mom looks pretty good and she's going on 60 <laughs> at this point, we know because oh, her big sure. birthday's coming up. Oh, yeah. They're like, I can't even begin to tell you, like, how hot her daughter is going to be, right? So and these are men like John Ross Bowie and, yeah. and off screen Tony Hale. <laughs> Tony Hale appears later in the movie and he says that what a he. He Casting was he was A-plus. interviewed by Diane Keaton. We don't see that part though. And I was thinking about that. Why not? And the answer is because it's the reveal, right, that she was one of the interviewees oh, yeah. when mm-hmm. he's in the chair with the sister the Lauren Graham. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like, oh wow, he was there too. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, were people that surprised? But he's freaking amazing in it. Okay? No, he's great. Yeah, I mean, individual performances reign supreme. We've got Tony. Hale. Aka okay, Gary from from Veep, uh, Lauren Graham is a treat. 
uh, Mandy Moore uh, is consistently called a treasure in this film and a, a charm monster. Mm-hmm. So uh, she sings. She sings. She dances a couple times. She yeah. rakes. Yeah, she makes pop star face. But you know, we know she is a pop star. She is singing a little too well. I feel like they should have put a little more. Like, grit on that yay, singing because I agree. The three daughters and the mother have like a singing act that they like to do at get togethers. Most, most people do, sure. right? Sure. Who doesn't families? want a family yeah. band? You know, that's all I ever want. And, and uh, Mandy Moore is going at a hundred percent Mandy Moore in those scenes. I think that's just one of the ironies, right, of this film filmmaker behind this because she's mm. also with Johnny, right, who's a musician. Yes, mm. but. We know she knows music better than any Johnny right. in this film. We know that Johnny is really a magician. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Johnny and Millie, they vibe when they mm-hmm. do meet. They have the whole, this, one of my favorite meet cutes, the static cling moment and the butt the, balloon. The butt balloon. And they're just like oh, the- serving up volleys to each other and melting in each other's pools of brown eyes. And I, every time I see it, I mean, did I watch it? two to four times this weekend yeah uh i did and i'm getting some really big faces right now uh in that happy, happy faces yeah 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 so uh the, the plot thickens as i say the caper mm. deepens meddling mom daphne's plan goes awry because what happens millie does meet johnny they do start to follow each other accidentally Fall- that's Recap. It seems like he planned it. Yeah, he's a little Yeah, little hunt to kill, hunt, <laughs> hunt and take my prey and my Volvo. You know, he's, look, he's an artist, a pickup artist. That's why he has the hat. <laughs> That's why he peacocks. Yes. <laughs> all of that totally tracks. Mom wants to get her paws on all of it, right? Like mm. she, she finds out Millie is dating the unacceptable acceptable Johnny when she should be keeping her eyes on the marriage prize. With, She's dating both. Yeah, both men. Uh, dead-eyed Jason is who <laughs> sh- mom wants Millie to uh, procreate with ASAP. And, uh, Played by uh, Tom Everett Scott. Mm, yeah. From that thing you do. The, and boy, does he. Does he do that thing. A few times. A few, a few times. Um, the movie is refreshingly... Accepting Open, of female sexuality, mm-hmm. which is something you still Thank don't you. see yes. in movies now. Plenty of discussion of the female orgasm. Open acknowledgement that these women are having sex, premarital sex. Yes. Uh, in, At the in, same time with two different men, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And being able to bridge those conversations with one of the more important women of their lives, their mother, who we find out has never had an orgasm. Boy. <sighs> And you know what? If I had a mom like that, I would tell her everything as well. Because who doesn't want to have a mom like Diane Keaton? I do. Hmm. Yeah, everyone wants Shout to. out to my mom, Shout who's out. not Diane Keaton. Shout out hmm. to the moms. Uh, I will say my mom is more like uh, elements of Daphne in that my mom has tried to matchmake me <laughs> multiple times. Constantly. All the time. But uh, the matchmaking scheme for Daphne goes awry. It comes out. Both men find out that Millie is dabbling around vetting her options which like at at no point do either of these men talk about how you know this is like an exclusive relationship let's be monogamous you know and millie seems like if they had that conversation she would make a decision but you know like they're just exploring everyone's exploring but jason who I do have problems with in this movie upon, you know, rewatch number two and three. Uh, he's the type of guy who just was convinced he had Millie from the hook. Like, mm. as soon as I saw you, I knew you were mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a super creepy, dead-eyed way where it's like, come back to my stainless steel concrete loft. You that know. I designed myself because I am an architect. An architect. <laughs> and also I'm going to get mad at you at points and make you feel really bad and tell you're you. you're really a klutz. Yeah, you're a klutz. Boy, yeah. and she has the most disgusting laugh oh god yeah <laughs> there's a lot of uh mandy moore snorts but yeah jason basically wants to change all that but he wants her womb we all know that mm. and he also secretly i think just wants daphne uh, mm-hmm. the mom uh, johnny though also responds very poorly to finding out that she was 
seeing another man. Yeah, that's the tearjerker. That's yeah. the moment every time that that gets me when you see Gabriel Mock, aka uh, Jazzy Johnny, get his heart broken. He's a man ripped to pieces. I imagine him going home and ripping off his waistcoat and crumbling, and yelling at his child because yeah. he has one. <laughs> he does have a child. It's true, he has a child who seems to be mostly raised by his own father, played by disgraced actor Stephen Collins that's, from Seventh Heaven. That's a portion of the movie that doesn't hold up as no, well. No, not, not so much. Uh, Stephen Collins at all. He and Diane did play husband and wife on the First Wives Club. Oh, yeah. uh, so they had some initial chemistry, which they take to the next level For in sure. this movie. So as, of course, Millie is experiencing the breakup of both of both of these men, Diane really has a second chance at love. She's feels like her life is ending upon her 60th birthday, like she's not a love or sex object, and she has a surprise romance with Johnny's father. Like who doesn't want that for a Diane Keaton and for a mom of any age? So That's right. it's it's a, a tender to me because it's a movie where Diane gets her groove back, where mm-hmm. Daphne gets her groove back, and. Um, uh, Daphne and Johnny are, they come to find out, are more alike than they ever thought. They're both prideful and stubborn. Daphne moms Johnny, which probably they have all the intergenerational men and on Johnny's household. They've got the father, the son, the, the, holy, the, ghost. Whole, the holy ghost, everyone in there. So Daphne can be a, a mom figure riding Johnny to, back towards Millie. Explaining it that way sounds really creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it happens. It works. Then we get the happily ever after where... Uh, we we'll go back to the green screen where we started in the yeah. beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. The yeah. film opens with the weddings of the older daughters, Lauren Graham and Piper Parabo. Yes. And then the movie does quick fake out because they think, oh, now we're seeing the third wedding of Mandy Moore. But mm, no, 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 this no, is no. not Mm-mm-mm-mm. the wedding where she is getting married. This is her first catering yes. job. Yes, yes, yes. And so then at the end of the movie, I feel like, again, it's maybe supposed to be a fake out that Mandy Moore is perhaps getting married for real this time but no 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 it's diane keaton it gives you what you want not the way you expect it because Mm. any story any good story there we go we end on a beautiful vista uh the family very solid green screen well lit shout out to the lighting crew whoever handled that uh you've got the family and a rainbow of polka dots which is a running motif throughout Mm. the movie they're uh singing they're the boys are jamming um so you've got these wilder girls and Johnny's men all together, and uh, yeah, perfect movie. Anything else? <laughs> that was a, <laughs> a great <lot>. summary. <laughs> a great jumping off point mm-hmm. for us to really dig in. Yeah, you know, hearing you lay it out sounds like a movie, for sure. Where does it stand for you? I'm not asking you to rate at this point, sure. but where does it stand for you in the world of rom-coms? Like, are you a big rom-com person? And if you are, Sean, then like, does it, you know, belong at the top of the pyramid? Sure. Is it at the bottom? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate you asking that. Uh, I am, have traditionally been more of a rom-com gal. Uh, not everyone, not every single rom-com that Netflix has thrown at us every month, but mm. you know, the classics, the love actuallys. Do I watch it with my brother every holiday season? Yeah, we do. We are uh, we are we are those siblings. We're yeah. we're, we're gonna watch it together. Um, so in the world of rom coms that are dear to me, because I said so, holds a high place in the in the pantheon. How many times do you think you've seen this movie? Oh yeah yeah yeah. How many times? Uh, how many? pieces of rice in a bowl how many pieces of sand on the beach where tony hale ends up walking struck by a cake yeah so if i had to guess every time it's on tv when i was uh, a youth i would watch it had the dvd and still plays every week on stars thank you i looked it up online it exactly what sasha said every week it's on somewhere and do you have stars for that reason definitely yes uh so if i had to guess i'd say anywhere between um 49 to 51 times 
Anywhere between them. Anywhere yeah. between. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be cooking and watching it or just need to watch, get a little hit, a little little bit of the Daphne, Millie, kooky, wilder woman doing their thing. I can't say I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, hmm. but the formula in this movie, the, the, the banter, the moms, the daughters going at it, talking honestly, it's, it's perfection. Lauren Graham is a very, very skillful actress. Like, she does things with her face on a very sort of small scale, but there's such specific things that she does that you just buy into whatever is going on in her head. Like, exactly. She's she's a really, really amazing comedic actress. Perhaps uh, underutilized in this movie, but mm. used well, uh, knowing that Lauren Graham is our safe space to go to. She's the family's therapist. She's an actual psychologist. So she's, she's the grounded one. She's the one holding everyone together but she's also the one who should have known better who should have warned her beloved dear sister millie that uh, mom was meddling in a way that perhaps speaks of uh, some huge narcissism but you know she doesn't really have a choice because diane keaton has raised these women in this way they can't defy her i'd like to talk a little bit about this relationship Sasha, you said you you wish you had a relationship like this, that this is like aspirational for you, this that close of a relationship. I guess there's just something like as much as she is a helicopter parent, right? She's also very fragile and she is not threat non-threatening to me. Like like I feel like she's manageable as a mom. Like and again, like maybe that's just a juxtaposition with what I had to go through mm, with my sure. mom. But like, to me, she is like somebody you can deal with. And if you decide to go against what she says is right, then you can do that. There's just, you can see the good intention and in what exactly. she wants for her children. And you can see her, the thing that I love and movies and what I'm inspired to write are like intergenerational things mm-hmm. where you get to learn like, oh, wait, parents are humans too and they have like needs and wants and the movie hits all of those points and we get some really like tender moments where Millie and Daphne apart from the especially apart from the other sisters are able to like be really honest with each other and get into Daphne's maybe not healthy relationship with Millie's dad Mm. and to the point where uh, Daphne as an adult woman approaching 60 has never had an orgasm now is that the best way to like uh, to for mother and daughter to bond no but it's like just an entry into how like grounded the movie can be at times and how like the performance that mandy and diane like just two beautiful like mac and Roe and uh, mac and Roe jr going up against <laughs> volleys and supporting and ba- the back and forth and watching an elite caliber of performance uh, it, i'd love to watch john mac and Roe and his yeah. son play tennis there we go yeah it's beautiful by the way, speaking of like acting, like you know, Diane Keaton, she was nominated for uh, a Raspberry, right? For yes, this film, a Raspberry, said. Raspberry, and mm-hmm. which she lost to Lindsay Lohan for wow. "I Know Who Killed wow, Me." Wow, wow, wow! And I actually did not feel like she was bad in this film. I thought she was really good, Diane Keaton. I actually really, really liked what she was doing to match Thank you, the Sasha. tone of this <laughs> film. Like it is like a very upbeat, like panicky. It's kind a of... caper. There's a lot of that. And uh, all right, let's just talk about the Prius to- wind-up toy car chase scene where it's like really big over-the-top humor and you just get to see what an amazing physical comedian Diane Keaton remains with her sidekick Cooper the dog as they chase <laughs> Millie and Johnny down. Solid dog work there. Yeah, down the 101 or Shout out to the animal handlers yeah. of the film. Coops is underrated for sure. I and- would... I would say for me, I felt the opposite. Any scene that she's in with another human being is is very good. I think that scene where she and Mandy Moore, you know, talk about the ways that Diane Keaton was unfulfilled by life in her previous marriage, not just physically, but sure. also emotionally. Thank you. Yeah. Despite the fact that Diane Keaton doesn't actually say anything in that scene because she's lost her voice, the character... 
I think that's a really good scene. And most of the scenes that she's interacting with other people, I, I think are really good. It is the scenes where she is not interacting with another person that made me amend the note that I made saying, Diane Keaton, not bad to, oh, no, actually she, she is bad. <laughs> The um, physical so comedy like the, the, was not working. For do you me. mean like the scenes where she's at the computer? The computer scenes, the driving scene, yeah, the, anything that's like slapsticky. I think Diane Keaton, she's not approaching it at the same level as she's approaching the scenes. You know, like the the conversational scenes, which they're different types of scenes. I don't know. It, it feels like she's giving those less to me. It's interesting to me because I think that what she was doing with the direction. So spoiler alert to me, the direction of this movie is where this movie fails. Like okay. I can't even tell you who the director of the film is, but to me, Michael it's Layman, I think. Mm-hmm. he yeah. curiously directed Heathers and mm-hmm. a few other movies about subversive women doing their thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like to me, like there's the scene where it is Diane Keaton's character's 60th birthday that all the daughters have been freaking out about and getting ready for. And she like loses her shit, right? Like this is where she loses her shit. And I had to stop and rewind a few times Hmm. to really see what she's doing with herself. Like just the technique of how she was handling these two emotions at the same time as she was joggling them and going back and forth between I'm a reasonable person to I'm just losing my shit. Oh my God. Like I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Like I really like that. But that was, you know, my opinion on the acting of the, in the film because, you know what, the Gabriel Mack guy, yeah, I was, uh, I was a little bit uh, annoyed by his voice. I don't know if he's the same in suits. Like, does he carry like this? Very I think deep, his uh, very... his American accent has probably probably improved after this. Oh, I didn't realize he was not American. I could be wrong, Is he but a I, German I, guy? I believe he's. Yeah, I think that's a a, a fake American accent. But if we're talking about the appeal of Johnny versus Dead-Eyed Jason, <laughs> Johnny, for me, wins out every time. Yeah. An American actor and Damn. film producer. Wow. So it's just the way that he talks it's made me assume voice. that he was not American. Born in the Bronx, New York. For years, I've always just assumed that guy was not American. To Jewish parents. Oh. Oh. Yeah. What? You know what? I like him now. Yeah. Was raised in California from the age of five. So there was no point at which point he was like lost in Serbia somewhere. <laughs> at least not officially. Yeah. Now, were either of you charmed by him or were you so distracted by his like, is he a magician? Is he a pickup artist? When the hat was off, I thought he was attractive. Okay. And I liked those brown eyes. I agree. But I was also like, I wouldn't fuck him <laughs> either. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> moments between him and many more that I do think are charming. But yeah, the hat really threw me. It's the hat sure. thing. I, I mean, it does. That is a part of me for me that does not hold up. But you know, there there are a lot of moments where I like that he is the person, the only person in the movie to call out at first, besides Lauren Graham. What if you don't know what's right for your daughter? Mm. And he having a character say that and try and check Diane, I really appreciate it. More like. Finally, someone with some sanity. Uh, ignore his zany hat, but this man knows what he's talking about. But he's so obsessed about his child that he's like not a very charming <laughs> How child. How dare he? Yeah, like, I mean, and he's like, he's showing up after. So, like, the first night, right, he takes her on a yeah. date. Oh, yeah. And he takes her, like, too selfishly to, like, his places of employment. To be fair, he was being a responsible business owner because one of his employees... But had to bow out but he should have rescheduled the date he, he should have sure but uh, it's a way to... for us to learn about like oh look how sensitive johnny is like look look at this guy like teaching children this is adorable and older people too. And, well sure sure but so the... they, they connect in a lot of ways that are deep and profound steven <laughs> whatever you have to say steven you have to first agree with sean about what she just said I think you definitely said something that you feel is true. <laughs> that feels uh, affirmative. Yeah. Then, but then, and then to take her home to a home where he knows his wild son will be. 
annoying. Uh, yeah, that little Lionel was was a lot. I call that the Millie meets the family too soon scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she loves it. She's in for it. But you, here's the thing. This is why I <laughs> love this movie. And yeah, I'm getting shrieky and muppety. <laughs> All right, you have these moments as a lady out here dating in these streets where you do have moments where you like forecast the future. So to me, that was one of those moments where like you learn too much too quickly about someone and based on that information you start irrationally building a future together so that was that moment like yes it's too much too soon yes we get to see like how twee and charming uh not even charming they're all monsters in that house and i would (laughs) set them on fire but what what you do get to see for the thematically for the movie is like oh wow this is a woman who struggles with her own intergenerational stuff and this is a man who has his own stuff and like isn't it really cool that they can find a way to be together in all this crazy muck (laughs) they both have pretty healthy lives though like that's the thing it's pretty and that's i think one of the issues i have with rom-coms in general is that for the most part okay. they're not really dealing with human experience that we like right because they're such an escapist genre they're not dealing with the human experience that we uh, kind of most of us go through like of some shit is really fucked sure. up in our lives the and, only problem in their life is that they are not in a relationship right I whereas mean, for other for us that that might be one out of a hundred right i've got you got 99 problems and you know a relationship the rest. ain't one right. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and so sure. and so like you know like even though he uh Johnny has a kid and then you know spoiler alert his wife or whatever he's the Baby's mother of the mama. kid yeah she yeah. didn't die or anything they just broke up but then he has a great dad. Right, that's he like, has full-time child full-time support. Full-time child support. Oh, yeah, his yeah for sure. And they live by the Venice Canals, by the way. But here's <laughs> here's what we know about the movie now. Like, number one, real estate market is going to change. Mandy probably lost that sweet loft and business down there. He, Her mom did mention that the loft costs too, too much. Too much, mm. right? He probably took a job as an ad exec and sold out. Oh. She pr- is probably a corporate caterer or is maybe... Pl- planning pop-ups on instagram now lionel's in military school lionel is definitely dear god in military school. jason's uh big buildings are empty hallways there, there's like you know people squandering oh, yeah i bet jason made out all right in you the think? financial he crisis caused the financial <laughs> i bet he did and he honestly uh, sorry to jump around i have a lot to say about jason but he is a grade a creep to me like mm. J- jason has it bad for Daphne. That's not why he's a creep. But in the scene where Millie takes her stand, right, where after she over he, after she goes to the wasp dinner den with Daphne, Daphne and Millie go to dinner with Jason's family, who are just like the white American, you know, dream team. And they're in some like super <laughs> weird lodge. By the way, no one's not white american in oh this film. yeah yeah it's uh millie has one employee who is a black woman yeah who's I a think, woman of right? color yeah. that's mm-hmm. exactly it mm-hmm. that is 100 percent. yeah it is uh, a sweet american. caucasian fantasy so millie does take her stand with jason where uh, and this is part of like what it's like to date where you trial these guys and you try and figure out like who can I be with you are you a safe person and it turns out like Jason's not a safe person he's been lying the whole time has the Joneses has a bad bone boner for good old (laughs) Daphne right and he's like it's okay that you lie and it's okay that I hate your laugh and it's okay that we're uh, we're still gonna have a a beautiful life together you're gonna broke my plate yeah you broke my family heirloom and and then I was abusive towards you. Like, Jason is a creep. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but upon my rewatches, Jason actually looks like he wants to kill Millie. Mm. And knowing that the mom is in there, I'm like, okay, well, clearly, like, Jason wants to kill Millie. Then the mom is going to, like, help him bury her body or, like, pay resources to do it. And then they're going to take a sweet milk bath together. Like, Jason is just... I want to see that film. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That sounds cool. Jason is just such a creep to me. And that's probably my least favorite thing about the movie. Uh, Carl Everett Scott's face and then his hair and then his clothes. He could definitely... In that order? Yeah. Star in the remake of American Psycho, easily. In one of his buildings that he architected. So, as we're talking out, like, I don't love everything about that movie. Like, But also, like, that character is not 
I mean, maybe for a little while you're supposed to think, oh, she could end up with him, but he's certainly not intended to well, be a good guy. You're wondering if, am I so fucking supposed to think that the guy in the hat is, is going to get it? <laughs> like, and then eventually you admit, yeah, no, he took off it the, is hat. the, guy yeah, in the hat. Is the guy. Yeah, but he takes off the hat. And then, like, in case you forgot that, he that he's the guy in the hat, he, he lifts his hand again and we see the tattoo, yeah. right? Yeah. Because there's a tattoo uh-huh. of broken hearts because he's a heartbreaking mofo. Oh, yeah. Well, at least that's you his. You think it's because he breaks hearts, not because his heart is broken? Well, I thought so. Yeah. Oh. No. Like, he broke a few hearts, right? Like, in the, when he was, no, like, in the late... No, he's a sensitive and... He is a sensitive, tender musician, artist, magician, and uh, <laughs> now a father. Johnny has a lot on his plate, guys. And now... A few jobs. A few none jobs. None of them pays. No. No, it that's de- why he lives with his pops. It um, definitely seems like the movie... Like, they had to cut a scene that takes place at the Magic Castle. Right. Mm-hmm. It definitely oh, yeah. feels like they shot a scene at the Magic Castle where Johnny's talking to all of his friends mm-hmm. oh, yeah. who do close up magic, but they had to cut it. For well, time. they stole it, right? The scene. Like they, they, they didn't have the permit. <laughs> and then it they shot it guerrilla style yeah. in the Magic Castle. Definitely. <laughs> I, I would also watch that version of the movie. I would. Here's the thing. I quite literally would watch any version of this movie with these characters. Like I would watch a series just about the Wilder women. Would I write that series? Maybe I would watch a series about Jason murdering ladies and keeping uh, them in a milk bath. You know, uh, I would watch a series just about Daphne getting her groove back. Like uh, I just am like deeply attached to these characters and everything that happens to them. Especially and I said Tony so. Hale. Right. <laughs> At least for me. Yeah. Now, Sean, I've heard you talk about Daphne, and I've heard you talk about Millie, and I've heard you talk about Maggie, but there's a fourth wilder woman in this movie. I'm wondering if you have any kind of deep read on uh, May, May. the character played by Piper Parabo. Yes, Piper Parabo of Coyote Ugly fame. Sure, I know her from the uh, Cheaper by the Dozen films. There we go. So in my head, she's an extension of whoever she was in Coyote Ugly, Mm. and uh it's unfortunate that she doesn't get enough scream time she's just kind of like the we don't need her in the, the raunchy wild yeah, one she's the sexy she, one yeah, she wears a thong Ooh, she's the wild cat she you is know. hooking up with her husband while on the phone with her sisters yeah. and mother talk about boundaries yeah <laughs> none of them have them <laughs> the there's one scene where you can see lauren graham and piper parabo's husband's like react to the way that these women behave all the time. And I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Not that like you need more of it, but that's like at least a nice insight into man versus women. Right. Men are like this and women are like this. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Maybe they had more stuff with Piper. Maybe, you know, in 10 years, some people realize with the greatness of this movie, there'll be a panel. Extended cut. Yeah. We'll get the extended cut. The Snyder cut. Yeah. All of, a Piper Parabu stuff but no she's just like an excuse to have an unfortunately placed thong mm. um, and the like oh we get to know the woman by their Victoria's Secret's underwear uh, but what year is this it's 2007 so yeah. like uh, Obama is not even the president exactly no, no. yeah I bet a lot of people don't even know who Barack Obama is yet Mm-mm. when this movie comes I out didn't. it really makes you think like to us probably right now I imagine 12 years ago doesn't feel that far removed from today but to watch this movie it really the phones the cell phones (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. they are ancient so ancient and a lot of landlines and like cordless (laughs) even cord phones online dating is just primitive it's just in the earlier stages it's looked down upon well that's why daphne is such a wild woman because she's willing to go to such extreme well maybe she's not a good mom you guys (laughs) shit This is the moment where we turn our guests against the subject that they brought in. I've listened to this happen. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, Daphne makes her issues, Millie's issues, which is just like, like, Millie is actually doing the best she can with this, like, giant raging narcissist mom that she has, who's, like, well-intentioned, but also, like, subjecting her daughter to the dangers of, like, online dating in the early 2000s. I don't think she's a narcissist. I think she's a control freak. Okay. I think that's where she lands psychologically. But you know what? I'm not a therapist. You don't think this like is... Maggie Wilder Decker <laughs> is played by Lauren Graham. So yeah. what do I know? You don't think the whole movie is kind of a um, manifestation of Daphne's late midlife crisis? 
I think it's just generations, right? It's about generations, about, you know, women who couldn't do the shit that their daughters are doing now, right? Couldn't fucking have an orgasm. I mean, what a tragic, tragic 60 years she had, right? Sounds like Sasha's a fan, because I said so. We'll see. We'll see. It does sound that way. I'm defending a lot, I know. My main points, again, uh, Diane Keaton's great. Love Tony Hale. Um, Three scenes. Oh, yeah. But he yeah. steals them. Well, the last one. I was like, when are they going to bring Tony Hale back? Right. And, of course, the mm-hmm. cake falls on Right his on head. time. Right. Every time I see that, I'm I'm dying. Very stark discussion of suicide by his character. I mean, like, at this day and age, this this would not have been <laughs> yeah, any not. film. Like, like, his therapist basically makes fun of him for being suicidal. Maybe more encourages him to pull the trigger, yeah. essentially. Although one could argue that's, like, an early stage, of, like, immersion therapy. Like, just do it already. I mean, not that it's a great response, but, you know, for him in that moment, he's like, oh, someone cares. Someone cares enough to talk about me, even if I'm breaking, <laughs> even if my doctor's breaking HIPAA. Oh, at least I forgot that, I'm being talked about. You know that what? this character is so ever-present and sad yeah. in Lauren Graham's uh, career that she talks to her sister about Which it. I think is not <laughs> yeah, it's okay. not legal. No, it's not okay no. because she tells Great. him who it is, right? She's not saying a patient <laughs> no. of mine. She's saying Many this guy right there. exactly who it is. Yeah. And by uh. the way, you cannot tell a suicidal person, here's the open window, jump out. I think it's actually pushing them towards doing that. Even if you think that it's a cry for help for the person, if you're wrong... Uh, you're, you've encouraged their death. Because I know if people are basically pointing a gun at you, right? Like, and if you go like, so you think you can shoot me? Okay, go ahead and shoot me. Apparently, if you do say that, you actually are very likely to be shot. Like, people don't go like, oh, uh, this guy or this lady is too too brave. I don't think I'm going to do that. People do tend to shoot if you tell them to shoot. So I assume this is the same part of your brain that oh, goes, sure. oh, I'm suicidal. Somebody tells me, go kill yourself. Oh, you know I'm what? Sure. I'm probably going to go do that. But on a deeper level, like, could Mandy Moore not be encouraging Tony Hale to get out into the world and put himself out there more. You know what? This was out the first floor. This yeah. was probably first floor <laughs> exactly. and she could just walk out. It's a great way then, to meet someone. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which he did on Which the beach. Which he did. Exactly. He got out into the world and something fun and surprising happened. This movie is good for everyone. Does it, is the character happy about being hit in the head by a cake? He is just shocked. We don't get the glimpse into like yeah. the aftermath. That's I think we just we get, get the Like, the Does he then take a hard right turn and just walk right into the ocean? I I would like to see it as a turning point for his character. Where it's like, you know what? I took a risk. I got caked. But sometimes in life, you're just going to get caked. As does Daphne throughout various uh, gags in the movie. So they do a lot of fun cake stuff. A lot of good cake bits. If you like yeah. cake bits. This movie. Or yes. falling. There's or a lot of falling. Falling. Car Things business. breaking. Yes. Dogs humping, which is funny. Yeah, no, that's great. Cooper the dog. Porn uh, sound effects. Yes, yes. Daphne's perhaps burgeoning addicted addiction to adult <laughs> friend finder. Um, right, which is not a porn site, no, really. No, that's a. It's definitely a. Two thousand seven. It's all the same. Just one big blur. Yeah, one, one big <laughs> websites. Maw of bodies and dogs and sheep because you do hear sheep apparently in one of the bits where Daphne is like kind of getting off to what's happening and and so is Coop and they're both like you know uh, in that over the top Broadway that probably Steven turned the movie off at Uh, (laughs) they're like having moments together and then probably the more unbelievable thing about that whole bit of Daphne versus technology is when uh, she calls her gateway computing specialist, and they're just immediately on the phone. Like, that would never happen. Sasha, had you ever heard of Because I Said So before the watching The answer is no. Film? What about you, Stephen? I think I'd heard the title. The poster looks familiar. You know, it's a very uh, sharp point by Diane Keaton in the face of Mandy Moore. Uh my girlfriend Megan has vivid memories of that poster, though has also never seen the film. But yeah, no, this is definitely the first time I watched it. It was successful in the box office, right? Like, the film placed second in total box office receipts in its first weekend of release. Oh, so yeah. somebody okay. saw this. Somebody. Many, many moms and daughters went to see this when it came out in like February 07. 
uh, it was probably I, I mean I didn't I, I didn't have that relationship with my mom at that point mm. she was uh, trying to set you up oh yeah, yeah. definitely with <laughs> any Verizon store employee um so but yeah the movie made like 60 plus million it can we qualify as a success I don't think so <laughs> I'd like to maybe Read look a at a few reviews from the time you know yeah, some let's dive in. notable critics from Rotten Tomatoes like we said this does have a 4% and that is out of 157 reviews yeah, yeah this is not a little burns. known film to yeah. the critics <laughs> still burns going uh, down Scott Tobias uh, who was reviewing for the AV Club at the time but then went on to write for The Dissolve he said any relationship between the world of because I said so and actual human behavior is purely coincidental. Sean, any reaction to this? Um, all right, Mr. AV Club. He <laughs> must not have a mom and was born in an egg. And that's all I have to say about that. A.O. Scott it. from the New York Times Familiar. wrote, yep. Because I Said So is an exercise in deliberate mediocrity with chuckles and heartwarming moments distributed as carefully as nuts in a factory-made brownie. All right. Who hates brownies? <laughs> <laughs> who, even if they're factory-made, you eat a little Debbie snack cake. So, well, first I looked at who gave this positive reviews. There's six positive uh, you know, fresh reviews out of 157. All of them are white men. Uh, so then I tried to find some uh, critics who are women who I whose names I recognized. I found a couple. Anne Hornaday from the Washington Post. She said, "What the filmmakers try to play for laughs isn't funny. It's creepy." Okay. Well, we know at least one character is creepy. Yeah, in this we film. know at least. Yeah. Jason the murderer is uh, and the dog murder and oh, coops. <laughs> Yeah, so Coop, creepy. Cooper is problematic. Yeah, absolutely. Cooper's addiction. You know, there were like 10 Coopers and they were all like, this guy is the best at picking up the remote. This guy is the best at humping. So oh, they yeah. were just like rotating this those golden retrievers. Totally. At putting his hat out the car window. <laughs> they should have had it look like Cooper was driving the car. Y- yes, oh, I've always thought we're that. All, we've all, all thought that Coop mm. should have been at the wheel. But <laughs> Let's talk about our personal reactions to this film. I saw the film and when I started watching it I hated it for quite a while for mm. the first scene I was just like I can't deal with this Leave, like let me walk out like, come back to it can't stand the green screen it's just a lot of rom-com stuff that I can't handle to begin with you know and then slowly but surely I started liking it enough Diane Keaton the dog, Tony Hale. This is the three <laughs> people that did it for me. You the know? holy trinity yeah. because I said so. <laughs> Diane Keaton, the dog, the and Tony Hale. And this was enough for me. Like, you know, it's not going to be fair, but I will take the 10-point scale and I put Annie Hall at 10. Mm-hmm. And another reason why I can't put any Annie Hall at 10 is because there's a direct reference. Direct, just slightly changed quote. When... Johnny slides in for the first time in oh, his yeah, fedora. Slide. Oh, he's, he's sliding. He's sliding he's, everywhere. He he's, slides into Diane Keaton's DMs in this oh, movie. Yeah. yeah, he slides into her life. He sits in front of her. For a while, Like they talk about all these guys that may or may not be okay for Diane Keaton to introduce to her daughter. Finally, he's like, I want to meet your daughter. He's like, I want to be the one. And she's like, this is never going to happen because you are going to break her heart. So then he says to her, I love being reduced to a cultural cliche. Mm-hmm. I have seen Annie Hall a bunch of times. Okay. But I also went online and I was like, let me just like get the feel of Annie Hall again. Like, so I watched the trailer and there's the quote where Woody Allen's character approaches a woman and he's hitting on her. And in this conversation at this party, he has this like long like diarrhea. Like, are you like the liberal upper class woman who lives in Upper West Side? And she went to this college and he just like, please stop me from keep talking because I just embarrassing myself further and further. Sure. And she says, I love being reduced to a cultural stereotype. So the mm. only thing that's different is stereotype and cliche, right? Mm. So there's a direct reference in this film. So if Annie Hall, because I love Woody Allen's film still, and I know there's ongoing discussion of can we still love the work of a man that's been disgraced, then what's the name of this film? Because I Said, because I said, said so. so. Yeah, you, you were getting it. Yeah. yeah, is 
at a generous four. I know this is probably a surprise, right? Because I've been defending quite a lot. um, I'm over here shooketh, as they say. I... uh, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion. I don't feel defeated at all. I am not here to defeat you, right? Oh, sure. But it went from two to four for me. And five okay. would have been neutral where I'm like, yeah. sure. But I still don't like rom-coms. I think I'm a bad person to rate rom-coms. I think I'm a bad person. I think I'm a bad person, period. Cut, yeah. edit. And I'm a bad person to talk about rom-coms because sure. I don't like them. But yeah. I do like Woody Allen, which makes me even worse person. Yes. So, <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, what am I even doing here? I with, should just get up and leave. Yeah. Goodbye. See, See ya. Bye. Stomp, 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 stomp. Now, <laughs> I'm back. It's, it is helpful to hear this. And as a first time podcast participant, long time listener, I've noticed that the, the world of Shut Up, I Love It doesn't perhaps uh, this is not a shots fired make room for a, a whimsy uh, mm. a, of, of rom-com where un- you suspend your disbelief and uh, the things that we all want to feel hope and love and chance and new beginnings <laughs> it's true steven and i are very different in many ways but i totally agree that yes. we might be just the wrong crowd for this film and again maybe steven's gonna give it a 10 what do i know well, who knows what nobody coming. knows this, i don't know nobody does we yeah. don't pre-plan anything it's yeah. just happens but organically it is encouraging to hear that there was a, sh- a shift that maybe was in the heart space that took it for you from a two to a four well no, you know think about before watching this it was a nothing right? yeah it was a it, it didn't, was a blip. Ex- it it didn't was a exist yeah and now for sasha at least <sighs> it exists yes steven what about you where does because i said so stand for you i for my scale i was looking more um maybe toward like the mother-daughter relationship to see that in a movie is very engaging thing for me because you know, I have not experienced a mother-daughter relationship, so it's a way for me to uh, get a glimpse into what that's like, right? So if I'm thinking about a mother-daughter relationship, um, I'm pro- I won't go wild at heart. I'll say, um, like Lady Bird from uh, the last couple of years, the Greta Gerwig film. Oh, yeah. Very uh, intimate depiction of the the nuances of a, the relationship between a mother and a daughter. Yeah, that's right? beautiful, the way you said that. Thank he you. can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's a 9 or a 10. Wow, by the way. <laughs> you disagree? It's not about me right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, if that's a 9 or a 10, I think because I said so, would be a... Three? So there was no growth for you, though? Not really. Mm -hmm. I did not have that kind of personal arc while watching the film. I had a tiny arc, but I had one. You did. No, I heard it. And uh, I I moved over (laughs) here. You know, I just really... It's part of the the why I wanted to get on and advocate for it because <laughs> it does crack open a heart heart space like a little nut just gets in there and rah, rah, rah. you know what? actually I'll give it a four on reflection since we've been talking about it those scenes where Diane Keaton Orgasm is talk. is interacting one on one with other characters yeah, yeah yeah not like the speed dating scene but specifically that scene with Mandy Moore yeah Mandy it's it is it is definitely affecting right especially because these two women moments ago we're having a big fight right and you can see the way that that relationship uh, may have its ups and downs even in the matter of a couple of hours right but there's still that that tight bond there that can't be broken yeah which is beautiful can i just say the mood has i mean it feels it's always felt cozy in here but i've never felt closer to you two people (laughs) than right now oh yeah I yeah, I just think too much of the movie is not that. You know, mm-hmm. so much of the movie is the slapstick that doesn't work for me. I, I I overall think Mandy Moore's performance in this is a little weak. At times it seems like she is adrift in this movie without a paddle. She does do a lot of cupy doll wide eye blinky blink blink blink, which is so easy for her cuz she's she, got that face. Yeah. There's definitely things to like in this movie which obviously 
is true because Sean has uh, grasped onto it so firmly for the last 12 years. Yeah. Let's hear about it. Sure. So I really like being able to get on here and, you know, uh, talk about the movie, uh, put forth my appreciation for most all of Mandy Moore's performances. Uh, And, you know, my scale and if I'm ranking it in the pantheon of uh, mother-daughter movies, which I I love to watch, by the way. So for me, there's Joy Luck Club, which is another intergenerational story of mothers and daughters, Oscar-nominated. So that would be the top tier for me. Maybe not a ladybird, which I do love, but just mm-hmm. just different. That's more coming of age to me. There's Stepmom, which was also written by... Boy, that's a movie. Yeah, written by the same uh, writers because I said so. And so for me, uh, because I said so is not up there with those movies and, and the Hall of Fame of mother-daughter movies. Mermaids, anything with Barbara, uh, Moonstruck, just, you know, throwing out a few Oscar winners. So it, it's not in that realm, though performance moments from Diane and Mandy uh, very well could and should have been and should never have been Razzie nominated. So for me, the movie sustains uh, a solid 7.3. I mean, it would have been a 10 and 07 for me. Mm-hmm. But the re- times have changed. Times have changed the, for all of us. For mm-hmm. all of us, you know. So the rewatches were really important. And what mostly pushed pushed it down for me was uh, Jason the serial killer. Like mm. Tom Everett Scott consistently, wow. like he ruins the movie for me. Sasha, I have a question for you. Go ahead. You are Millie. You're dating a Jason and a Johnny. Which one do you choose? Hard question. That's not a hard question. Hard I would question. choose the architect guy. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling. Wait. I a and feeling. I don't think that it's the best ideal choice for me, but that's all I got, right? Yeah. It's not because I like Jason, right? It's because I don't like Johnny. <laughs> I don't like his fedora. I'll never forgive him for that first impression. You don't like his son. I yeah, don't fucking yeah. like his son. In bed, I bet you the other guy's better. You think Jason's better? In be- That's what I was thinking. You you want to find a Johnny in the streets, but a Jason in the sheets. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. I, I, I mean, I'd rather like, like I don't know. I'd rather sleep. With, if I had to sleep with somebody from this film, right? Diane Keaton. <laughs> we all Everyone win. wants Diane Keaton in, in the movie. No, Cooper, I would have to Jason. go with the architect. What if we put Tony Hale in the mix? No, I mean he's adorable, and I I want to adopt so him. But yeah, yeah like no, he, he doesn't no. have. I just see Jason to work is with. having such weird sex hangups. Like like he Which, wants he wants to be in a diaper, you know, or hmm. or he. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, if a guy wanted to be in a diaper, I, I don't think we should judge him for it. Yeah, but no, I'd wanna I'd wanna Johnny in the sheets and in the streets. Well, okay, minus, you're Johnny. Mm-hmm. Minus the for minus the fedora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, it overwhelms everything. What about yeah. you? Which sister would you do, Stephen? If you had oh, to? Oh, which sister? Well, that's a diff- that's 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 unfair. I guess if I had to choose a sister, I would go with the one that should not have been in the film. The sexy one? Yeah. Piper. I mean, she's sexy, right? So, like, go, yeah. we'll go with her. Sure. Yeah. yeah Sounds yeah. good. We're all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Uh, now, if I was going to choose between Johnny and Jason. Ooh, who would you? Sizzle. You're right. Like, neither of them are, are a great option. Yeah. I guess I boys. would begrudgingly the... choose Johnny. Okay. Because well, Jason... hoping that he's a foreigner and he just had to change his <laughs> accent. I would be so disappointed in myself, like, so quickly after yeah. I chose Sasha, them. you would be wearing polka dot dresses <sighs> and going to like wasp brunches. And... But I don't think you'd be any less happy than you would be with Johnny, right? Like Johnny also. I think I would, you would fight Jason a lot more, but Johnny, I would just dominate. I'd be like, <laughs> I fucking cannot stand you. Take your fucking kid and get out of the house. Again, we're talking like in the world where there's only Johnny and Jason. Like yeah, I'm not yeah. like, you know, pursuing Jason actively in this world. Like this is a world where everybody's dead. There's no women. Yeah. There's no man. There's only two people, right? And I have to choose one. You have to yeah. choose Jason also, with like his weirdly and tucked the, in dress And shirts. if it's apocalypse and we have to fight the other guy, yeah. we'll fucking, like Johnny and I are not going to make it against Jason. True. Jason will That's kill us point. both. Oh yeah, he he would. Yeah. And he would have designed the bunker so he would know all the traps and holes. You got to stick with him. I'd rather die with Johnny in a sweet jazz harmony than go down with Jason. And his child. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, Lionel. 
<laughs> Lionel? Lionel. Yeah. Lionel. 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 <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Sasha, do you have anything that you have come across in recent days that you would like to tell our listeners to shut up and love? I recently rewatched Steamboat Bill Jr., a film from 1920-something with Buster Keaton. Mm. And, you know, I don't, I'm not the person who, like, I'm a film lover, but it doesn't mean that I love old Hollywood. Sure. I'm not a big Charlie Chaplin person, but I freaking liked, liked so much Buster Keaton in this film. Like, because I've seen The General and other films before, and I always loved them. And then just watching <clears throat> Steamboat Bill Jr. and being very amused, very on the edge of my seat. I won't say laughing out loud so hard. But I would say just being fascinated with that world and the gags and the work that they put on into into this film. It's amazing. And just the best gag at the very end where you would think the actor himself is going to die, but they pull it off. I highly recommend that film. It's not underrated, but it's nobody watches old sure. stuff anymore. So yeah. check it out. Buster Keaton in Steamboat Bill Jr. What about you, Stephen? The day that we're recording is the birthday of the fellow who wrote our theme music, Andrew Hayworth. Um, Happy birthday, Andrew! And so as a birthday gift to him, my recommendation for the audience is going to be to everyone go on Amazon Prime and watch the movie that he directed, Party Crew. We all should do that. Sean, is there anything you'd like to plug? Well, hi, fam. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hi, fam. <laughs> uh, just follow me on Instagram at Sean underscore Tina. Uh, I've got a few things under construction that I cannot talk about. Mm. Um, so really, the only place you can find me right now is on this podcast or on Instagram. Okay. And uh, you can see Steve and I perform with our improv group, Direct to Video, where we'll do improvised movie every second and fourth fourth Thursday of the month at nine o'clock at Moving Arts Theater on Hyperion Avenue. Please come over and check us out. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, and happy birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew. Thank you, Jay Hunter, for production support. Thank you, Carlton Gillespie, for Instagram videos. Yes, and thank you for listening. Thank you.